my wife had something to say in this series. So I want you all to give her a hand clap as she comes this morning. I believe in you, baby. I just want you to know that. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise his name, Pastor Evan. And all the church family, we just want to greet you here this morning. Well, we just want to greet you this morning. And um, before we, you know, we always do our confession. And I'm going to give you a joke first. And then we're going to uh, just remain standing. And then we're going to do our confession. And then we'll just get rolling. And, you know, I'm the right preacher this morning because I'm the 15-minute preacher. Because I'm going to finish at 11.30. And I got 14 minutes to do it. Amen? All right. So what, here's a joke. We've been doing the um, Desperate Households series. And um, pastor's been doing a great job. And just figured out that when I came across this joke, I thought, you know, this is just how some of us feel in our marriages. So three women. One is engaged. One is married, and there's a girlfriend. All are chatting about their relationships and decide that they're going to amaze their men. That night, all three have decided they'll wear a leather bodice, stilettos, and a mask over their eyes. After a few days, they come back and meet again to kind of give the update. The engaged woman said, the other night, when my fiancé came home, he found me in a leather outfit, the four letters and the mask. He said, you are the woman of my life. I love you. Marry me now. The mistress said, oh yes, the other night we met in his office. This is the girlfriend. I was wearing the leather bodice, the mega stilettos, the mask over my eyes, and a raincoat. I opened the raincoat. He didn't say a word. We just ravished each other like wild beasts. The married one said, the other night, I sent the kids to stay at my mother's for the whole night. I got myself ready, wearing the leather outfit, the super stilettos. I put the mask over my eyes. My husband came in from work. He grabbed the TV controller, a bear, and said, Hey, Batman, what's for dinner? <laughs> oh, shame. <laughs> Hold your Bibles up and say like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. Today I will be taught the incorruptible, indestructible word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is open. My ears are receptive. And I better not go to sleep. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you as we continue this series, Lord, that we are ready and willing to hear. I pray, God, that you will use my words to inspire, to motivate, to encourage, to build up, and not to tear down, Lord. And we just thank you, God, for the fruit that is going to come out of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, here we go. We are on the fast track this morning. We are talking about how to heal while you're hurting. How do you heal while you're hurting? And a lot of times we just think that hurting is just in um, a marriage relationship, but you could have lost a spouse and you're grieving. And so you're hurting. You could have a, a disappointment in your life with your kids and you're hurting. But how do you continue? How do you get your life back on track without um, going backwards? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Medical science agrees that the emotional well-being of a person can affect their physical health. Now, Proverbs 17 22 says that a broken spirit will dry your bones. 
A broken spirit can dry your bones. So a lot of times when you're hurting emotionally, if we don't get a grip on that, it can cause physical problems. We can get ill. We can get ulcers. That's why a lot of times when they don't know what's going on in you, one of the first things they do is a stress test. And they run you and try to figure out what's going on in your body to find out if there's stress on your body. And I know this because when Landon was born, you know, Pastor told you about last week, all the different news I got back to back. In my mind, it was like Job. They didn't even give me a break. He failed the hearing test. Oh, he has to go to the ICU. Oh, his hips are loose. Oh, just back to back to back to back. And when, before I had heard the news, my blood pressure was 110 over 70, which is not what it normally is. After I heard the news, my blood pressure was 150 over 90. Just in a matter of 30 minutes, my blood pressure went because I could not get a grip physically and mentally on handling the news that they were giving me. You understand? So I was going through all this emotional stuff and it was affecting me physically. So I've proven it before where I have gone to the doctor and my blood pressure can be up and I can just breathe and tell him, come back in five minutes and calm myself down and that thing will get right back in time. So we want to make sure that we, we find out how we can heal while we're hurting because if we don't heal while we're hurting, we'll destroy ourselves. Not only the relationships with ourselves physically. So here are four ways that we get hurt. Four ways we get hurt. The first one is deliberation. Deliberation is when the pre-planned actions of others are designed to inflict embarrassment, pain, or harm, or defamation of character. For example, when you have somebody who is deliberately hating on you, deliberately undermining you in your job, deliberately trying to cut you down before your boss, deliberately, they're planning. So this is when the pre-planned actions of others are designed to inflict embarrassment, pain, or harm, or defamation of character. For example, a man and his wife were arguing... And to prove their points, they both began to give each other the silent treatment. Nobody does that here, right? The silent treatment. You know the silent treatment? It's like this. That's the silent treatment. You have, you're saying a whole lot, but you don't want to verbally talk. So they began to give each other the silent treatment. Then the man realized he had a very important flight to catch and needed his wife to wake him up. In order to not punk out and be the first to break the silence, he decided to write on a note, wake me up at 5 a.m. And he put it in an obvious space where he knew she would see it. The next morning he woke up, it was 9 a.m. He was so angry. He was about to go after his wife when he looked beside the bed and saw a note. She wrote, it's 5 a.m., wake up. (laughs) That is deliberation. Deliberately made him miss his flight. The next thing is direct contact. Direct contact is when planned or unplanned events create physical injury. For example, an accident. Or, you know, you may have a, a wife who beats on her husband. You know, they do have them. You know, you know, that kind of thing, watching too much, you know, female wrestling kind of stuff. Get inspired and just knock the brother out. You know, those kind of things. That's direct contact. You can be bruised and hurt from that, you know. Walking around here with a limp or something and you don't, you know, we know that your spouse got you. Disturbia. So we have deliberation, we have direct, direct contact, and we have disturbia. This is not Rihanna's disturbia, but disturbia anyway. This is when the attitudes or actions of influential others creates feelings of stress, resentment, and anger. In other words, this is when, like they say in Texas, you done lost your mind. When your spouse has lost their mind. 
For example, you take the electric bill money and go buy a purse. You just lost your mind. You understand? When you go and you, you take your, your food, this is what I do to pastors. Sometimes I make these oxtails and I give them away. I done lost my mind. Yes. Yes. I've done that before. And he's like, what did you do? How could you? All right. And then the last one. So we have deliberation, direct contact, disturbia, and then plain dumb stuff. That's dumb stuff. Dumb stuff is the intended or unintended inconsideration and selfishness of others. For example, both people work, both people get home late. The wife is helping with the homework. The kids are calling because apparently they only know one name. Mommy, mommy, mommy. I'm like, I, I, I need a different name. They, they don't call daddy. Mommy, mommy, like there's only one parent. So that's just keep going. They have to throw together, we have to throw together the dinner, juggle the laundry, clean up the kitchen. It's now 1 a.m. The wife is barely crawling to the bed and then you want us to drop it like it's hot. That's what you call dumb stuff. That's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. You want us to come all over in there and be doing all of this kind of... No, 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 no. It's too late. We're too tired now. We got a 5 a.m. shift. You should have... What you should have done is helped us with the homework. Throw in some laundry, have some food ready by nine o'clock. We 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 on. We can sleep, get up, go for round two at twelve. But you know, just dumb stuff. So that's four ways we get hurt: deliberation, direct contact, disturbing. He said he take it cold. You know what? You just pray for him. He said, "Drop it like it's cold." <laughs> You know, when you drop it like it's cold, this is how it is. Oh, no. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hot, cold, or in between. So just dumb stuff, amen? Sometimes just dumb stuff. We just do dumb stuff and get on these other nerves. Now, this is five ways we can deal with hurt. Five ways. So this is, you had four ways we get hurt, right? This deliberation, direct contact, disturbing, and dumb stuff. This is five ways that we deal with it. The first one, the forest gump. Forest gump, you just run, forest, run. You run and run and run away from all the problems. You avoid the issue. You want to start over. This is like Elijah. You know, he had gotten kind of intimidated by Jezebel. And he was like, no, I'm just going to run. Change my name. Change my name. You know, do something else. He just wanted to escape. Right. You know, that, that's what he's trying to do, right? You can't do that. You can't just run. The next one is the Billie Jean. This is when you're in denial. It's not my love. No, you, it is your problem. This is you have an issue. We have a marital problem or relationships are going through. You can't do the Billie Jean and act like it don't happen. All right? The next one, you can deal with hurt by the LAC. This is the law abiding citizen version. You exact revenge. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to withhold affection from you. I'm going to manipulate you, return injury. It's like Martha. Martha was mad with Mary. Martha and Mary, in the book of Luke, they were, you know, they were mad. This uh, Lazarus was dead, and they called Jesus to come on the scene. And 
Mary's over there just all googling and she's taking care of Jesus. And Martha's over there busy, busy, and she gets all offended. Because the word hurt means that you can be offended, injured, bruised. So she gets offended and she now begins to try and do the law-abiding citizen. She wants to get back. Jesus, don't you see? Make her do it. Jesus, she's not helping me. Make, make, trying to make Mary look bad to Jesus and trying to spite Mary. That's how sometimes we do. You can't be spiteful. You can't go eye find eye tooth for tooth. You die in the end. All right. The next way we deal with hurt is the symbol. The symbol. This is the Lion King version. This is when you let somebody else deal with it. I don't want the work of getting through my problems. I just want somebody else to take care of it. Let somebody else do it. I can't be bothered. This is when you go, I'll just trade her in. And for the woman, we don't call it trading in. You know what we call it? Let me upgrade you. We don't trade in, honey. We upgrade. Hello. I won't be doing any of that, though. I know, I know. You're the highest. You're the Bentley. Convertible. Two-seat. Drop-top. 24s. Rimmed out. Chromed out. You got it. That's right. Silver blue and rolling high. All right. You can deal with hurt by being like Chicken Little. Over-exaggeration, you tell everybody your business. The sky's falling. Oh, he gonna leave me. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, what the kids gonna do? You just over-exaggerate the whole thing. Or you can do the Kelly. The Kelly Clarkson, blaming everybody else. You know, if I was a singer, I would sing for you. Well, you know, I am a singer. Because of you, I never stray too far from the side of woe. Because of you, I learned to play on the safe side so I don't get hurt. Because of you, I find it hard to trust not me but anybody else. Because of you, you just blame everybody. It's your fault. Right? Those are ways you can respond, but that is not the way. Now turn with me, if you would. We actually are going to get into a scripture or two. Look at there. Look at dear. I know there's, you know, in my family, there's one person that reads the Bible. And there's a person who reads what he, whatever he writes. I read his Bible. <laughs> All right. Amen. Okay. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4.17. 2 Corinthians 4.17. We're going to wrap this up in five minutes. Look at there. 2 Corinthians 4.17. Here it goes. <clears throat> For our light, this is the amplified version. For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory. Okay, we all have light affection, affliction. 1 Corinthians 10.13. Go 1 Corinthians 10.13. So all of us go through momentary affliction. 1 Corinthians 10 and then 13. It says here, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted or tested above that which you are able. But with the temptation or the test, will also make a way. See, when you're dealing with hurt situations, there's a test going on. How are you going to respond? The Bible promises us here that he has made a way for every test. So even though you're hurting and even though you're suffering, God has a way because testing Hurting, temptation, all of these things are common to man. Everybody at one time or another, you're going to go through some kind of hurt. 
some kind of rejection, some kind of pain, some kind of feeling to be angry, to get back, to, to just run. But we have a way of escape. So how do we heal by we're hurting? The first thing, recognize that you're hurt. If you are emotionally limping, what does that mean? You're not giving your best to your significant relationship. When you're still withholding peace of you, you're limping. When all of you is not all the way perfectly whole, you're limping. If you're moody and irritable, withdrawn and non-conversational, sulky and complaining, harsh and crass, more than likely you're hurt. But Luke 4.18 says that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. So even though you're hurt, Jesus came to heal you. The next thing is, you have to request healing. Jeremiah 17, 14 says, heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. You have got to ask God, heal me. You may not want to feel healed, but you ask the Lord, heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. The next thing is, respond in prayer. Let's turn to James 5, 13. James, that's the book of James, the New Testament. Hebrews and then James. Hebrews, James 5. 13. So the first thing is you have to recognize that you're hurt. The second thing is you have to request healing from God. Thirdly, respond in prayer. James 5.13 in the Amplified. Is anyone among you afflicted, ill-treated, or suffering evil? He should pray. You should pray. Not complain. Pray. So you have to respond in prayer. The next thing is you need to rally good support. Rally good support. Get a spiritually minded friend to help you. Proverbs 17, 17 says that a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for the day of adversity. In other words, there's going to come a day that adverse circumstances and adverse situations are going to come up. You are going to need a sensible somebody, a sensible somebody to come alongside you and give you the word and encourage you along the right way. Not somebody who's going to just tell you what you want to hear. Right. You know, mm-hmm, my last husband did that to me. I didn't take that stuff from him. Mm-mm. As a matter of fact, what I did was one night, you know, I just put a little powder in. Boy, oh boy, just choked up. I don't know what happened. No, no, you can't listen to those kind of people. You have to listen to somebody who's going to give you the word. Amen. And here's the crooks of the matter. Turn to John 5. The book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, John five. You have to realize only you can take the steps to be healed. Only you, only you No, Here's the deal. Some people don't want to be healed. I mean, you may say, well, I'm hurting and I'm upset and you really don't want to be healed. See, this is one of the things, um, with me. When you're desperate enough to change, you'll change. I just believe that. I believe you waste everybody's time if you, if you just really don't want to do it. You kind of wishy-washy about it. You know, but when you're for real, I know when I'm for real about anything. Let me tell you, when I'm going to Jamaica, you have never seen commitment like when I'm ready to go on a plane to Jamaica. I will pack from two weeks before. Yes. I stay up all night. I don't even sleep because I, 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 I don't want to miss that plane. And I get so frustrated at Pastor because, you know, he is Mr. Easy like Sunday morning. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. He's always forgetting the phone jack or something in the car because I didn't pack it. You know, things like that. But, you know, and Pastor, he's, taking, he's always the last one to get on the plane. 
because he's just got to look cool coming all the way down the plane. I don't know what it is. And I am in my seat, buckled up, ready, like, let's go. I don't eat. I don't sleep. I am ready. I have got to go home. So this is the same kind of commitment. Now, I'm going up the street, you know, you know, it's a different kind of commitment. John 5. Here we go. I have discovered that some people don't want to get healed for real. You know why? Because you feel that when you're hurt by somebody, it gives you the power to hold something over them. And you can use it as a manipulation tool. And a tool for them to always be in your debt. And always have to make it up to you. And you know how I know? Because you bring it up every time. Every time we have an argument. 15 years ago, you remember when? Last week, you, well, you always, what is always? Was that one time? It's always. So some people don't want to get hurt. I mean, healed because that's how they use to, that, that thing to control their spouse. To manipulate them. To make them pay for it. Indebted. But you know why that can't work? Because the Lord's prayer says, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. So you have got to clear the debt. It says, Lord, forgive us. Also, people don't want to get hurt, um, healed because it brings attention to them. You know, if I came in here on crutches, if I, I was like Kunta, right? You'd be like, oh, Pastor Saul, what's wrong? What happened? Oh, my gosh. When did this happen? How did nobody tell me that your leg was hurting? You'd, you'd, you'd have more sympathy for me, right, than if I'm walking upright. So when we're hurt, when we have this long face, some of us, we need that attention. We need somebody to say, what's wrong? Are you okay? How can I help? You know what's going on? Sabrina and her exciting outfits. Praise God. All right. And so, (laughs) Sabrina made this for me. So anyway, so that's kind of what we do. All right, John 5. After this. There was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. That's verse one. Verse two. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Impotent. Impotent is not just for male erectile dysfunction. Impotent just means you're just not working all the way. All right. All right. Half blind, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whoever went first after the troubling of the water and stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity, a hurt, a bruise, a problem, an issue of 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, in that case he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? In the Amplified it says, When Jesus noticed him there lying, knowing that he had already been there a long time in that condition, he said to him, Do you want to become well? Are you really interested about getting well? Are you really earnest about getting well? Here's the question. The same thing applies here. Do you really want to get well? Or is it, do you feel good feeling bad? Is it okay? Have you become so conditioned and used to being this way that, that you don't want to change? Well, if you want, you know, I mean, that's, if, I want to live the abundant life. And that requires some work. W-O-R-K work. So that's what we have to do. How bad do you want it? Hebrews 12, 12 through 13. And I'm going to read this for you and then we're going to close. 
Hebrews 12, 12 through 13. And it says, Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but in other words, let it be rather, let it be healed. When I looked at the scripture, I thought of like, you know, when you come in and you, a baby may have bow legs and they're really, really bow and they have to put a brace on them and put a, spil- a splint. It says here that you are responsible to make straight paths for your feet. And if you don't, then it, your illness is going to cause it to be turned out the way. It's going to stay like that. But God is encouraging us, let it rather be healed. But the word let lets me know it's a choice. I have to choose to do the work to get healed. And how do I get healed while I'm hurting? I use the word of God. I respond by using my faith. It's like when you have a cramp in your leg and it hurts. The only way to fix that cramp is to do what? Stretch it. Does it feel good stretching it? But for your muscle to get back into the way that it needs to get back, you have to stretch it. You have to go through rehab. Just because you're not a drug addict don't mean you don't need rehab. Rehab is for people who need to do what they don't want to do to get where they need to get because of what their condition is putting in one place. So we need to rehabilitate by doing these things. You have got to get into the word. You have got to say, you have got to get your confession together. The Bible says in Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that he led thee. It also says, choose you this day, life or death in Deuteronomy 30. We can choose to be healed. The length of your healing determined, depends on you. Some of us, though, are like this. We know our little workman's camp will cover 90 days. So we want to take the full 90 days. We're healed from six weeks, but you know, we're going to drag it out 90 days. You know, it's like getting unemployment and we go, okay, they're going to cover us for six months. So I'm not going to look for a job until month four. No, no, see, that's... That's not right. If you want to get the best out of your relationship, you have got to choose to get healed. And the more effort you put in is the quicker the results come out. Because the Bible says in Isaiah that the Lord's word will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish that which he has set it to do. So when you speak the word, that word comes back into your spirit, multiplies and overflows. And those feelings of hurt and disturbance and, 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 and unforgiveness, they will begin to dissipate because the word now has more power than your feelings. But you have to submit to the word. So you have to restore your life through the faith, through faith by the word of God. You got to get you a confession. For example, here's a confession. Lord, your word says in Psalm 147.3 that you heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. You promise to give me joy for mourning and the garment of praise for my heavy spirit. Today I choose to forgive, for you have forgiven me. According to Psalm 34, 14, I choose to depart from evil, to do good and seek peace, knowing that you reward those who obey you and diligently seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have got to get your confession every single day. And that is how you heal while you're hurting. You don't stay down. You don't lay down and just take it. You get up and realize that the enemy is trying to fight you for your family. He's trying to fight you for your relationships. You decide that no, no, no. This is where we draw the line right here. I will obey God. And obedience is not always pleasurable. We don't always feel like obeying God, feel like obeying the parents, feel like doing anything. But the truth at the end of the day is if we want the results, then we have got to obey. 
And the Bible said we obey his word, then we will eat the good of the land. That could be in your marriage. If you obey God in your marriage, you'll eat the good of the land. If you obey God as a parent, you'll eat the good of the land. If you obey God as a friend, you'll eat the good of the land. So you'll have to trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Amen. God bless you. I pray that the word blessed you this morning. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. If you would, just bow your heads and Father, we just thank you for today.